episode 63 of the Shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Knicks and NBA talk as always this week on the show. Let me take a quick sip of lemonade. Mm-hmm. Ah, very nice. Still down here in Florida for work, and I'm actually a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Eastern Conference finalists, Miami Heat. What a crazy week. <laughs> Just got a weird look from a couple of people across from where I'm recording in my apartment. Listen, it's been a crazy week of NBA hoops. We'll get to that later on in the show. We'll get to most of that today. That'll be the heavy lifting on the show this week. Before we really dive in, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're out there being as safe as you possibly can, slash enjoying the final days of summer. Obviously, past Labor Day. Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. So I guess it means the summer is technically over, though we still got some of the good weather for at least a couple more weeks. Obviously, with the NFL now really just around the corner, it feels like fall is as well. So wherever you are, hope you're enjoying what time you've got in the sun and also staying as safe as you possibly can as the pandemic continues in the country, as well as the other issues that continue to flare up in the country as well. Hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, and staying as happy as you possibly can. Let's dive into the Knicks news. First, we get down to business on the show this week. This is this was kind of a tough week for Knicks news. Not a ton going on. It's 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 the rumor mill. We're basically commenting on the rumor mill this week. Not a ton of stuff. I mean, the, the the biggest rumor of the week is really twofold. The Knicks are potentially planning to look at a trade for Chris Paul. Reportedly, by the way, so are the Philadelphia 76ers. For those that have followed the Knicks closely and have followed and listened to the show or the podcast network closely, this is not the first time the Knicks have been linked with Chris Paul, who, by the way, just came off a tough first-round series loss to the Houston Rockets. His former team, of course. According to basketball analyst Royce Young, Paul might be interested uh, in coming to the Knicks and trying to help them get to the NBA playoffs. That's according to Royce Young. So it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, the Sixers, who also got uh, knocked out in the first round of the, them in much more embarrassing fashion, getting swept by the Boston Celtics. They are reportedly interested in trading for Chris Paul as well. That would be something, uh, considering that Ben Simmons is apparently the point guard of the future, although there have been rumors of potentially breaking that team up uh, if, if things haven't worked in you know in the next year or so if things don't work out. So that's been thrown around. Nothing to corroborate it. It's been just thrown around the rumor mills. So it's interesting. It's interesting to see the Chris Paul stuff come about. Listen, the obviously the obvious pros are simple. Chris Paul is a great leader. Chris Paul is a really good basketball player, obviously. Um, by the way, um, Brian Windhorst uh, was the one who interviewed Royce Young, and they basically went through a couple of good things about Chris Paul that are pretty obvious. Thing I didn't need to listen or read about it to figure that out, but. The big pro is this. The Knicks need a point guard. Chris Paul is still a very good point guard at the age of 35. He's a great leader. He's a great mentor for younger players. I think that's huge as well. You look at the 
Great play from Shea Gildress-Alexander. You look at the great play from a lot of other players. Dennis Schroeder on a really young Thunder team. I, I think Chris Paul has a lot to do with that. I really do. And I think that it's a really big asset to bring to a Knicks team that has some young pieces and could be drafting some young pieces that Chris Paul could really help mold for the future. The obvious con is twofold. Chris Paul is 35 years old. He wants to win a championship. Does he want to come and just mentor another bunch of kids and that's it? I don't think so. So it's a tough one, you know, because you have to think about where Chris Paul is in his career. This is honestly probably not the ideal situation. And by the way, Philly really isn't either, I have to say, if Chris Paul wants to win an NBA championship. Going to a team in the East that's not ready to win in the Knicks and going to or going to a team in the East that can't seem to get out of their own way in the playoffs is two very risky situations, obviously, for two very different reasons. The other issue is hammering back on that age. Can Chris Paul do it for two more seasons? Chris Paul at the moment has, I believe, somewhere around $85.5 million left on his contract over the next two seasons if he takes the 2021-22 player option. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So the pro there is that if you trade for Chris Paul, you're only going to get him for about a about two years. Unless you... Look at that player. Well, he's got the player option, so he'll, he'll it'll be for two years most likely if you get him. Here's the issue. It's that contract. It's a lot of money. And then what do you do with him at the end of that second year? Do you let him walk? Do you try to trade him again, depending on where you are in the standings? So that's another little issue you got to come up with. However, with all that being said, If the Knicks could pull off a trade to get Chris Paul, that, bear in mind, depends on how much the Knicks have to give up here because that could make it a bit of a moot point with this deal depending on what draft picks or whatever players the Knicks would have to give up to potentially get him away from OKC. If 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 this is a positive deal, the Knicks are able to get him for a good price or a good amount of picks, or rather I should say, not a ton of picks, and maybe a player or two, and then eating up that cap money. This makes some sense. It does. It makes some sense for the Knicks to do this. I said, I remember talking about this at the beginning of the season and thinking, oh boy, not a good idea. Not a good idea to get Chris Paul. He could be on the decline. He proved myself and all the doubters wrong this season. 17.6 points per game, almost 7 assists, 5 rebounds, shot 49% from the field, and shot just a shade over 36% from deep. And honestly, took a Thunder team that I thought was going to finish dead last in the West, many thought would finish way down the pecking order, took them to within a couple of seconds of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Pretty darn impressive. So, I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. I think the Knicks should consider this, no question about it. It's just going to be interesting to see what the Knicks' options are going to be in this in a possible trade scenario. 
Chris Paul, again, could be pushing, you know, for a Philly move. He thinks that that's a better opportunity for him to win an NBA championship. And he can't blame him for that. You really can't. It's a situation where he's he he's probably thinking he's got three or four years left maximum. He's 35 years old. You know, I, I would argue that Chris Paul, as good as he looked this year, his his really good years, you know, I, again, I, it comes in two, two phases here, right? Can he do it again next year? And then what are you going to get in that 2021-22 year when he's 37? That's Those are the questions that have to be asked before you make a deal like this. The Knicks have got to be kicking themselves a little bit because the Knicks have been in on him, I think, two or three separate times when he's been in much better shape, couldn't get a deal done. So you're getting a Chris Paul that's very much on his last legs an NBA as an NBA star, first and foremost, and potentially on his last legs as an NBA player. So this is a really difficult decision, but I would argue that the pros outweigh the cons here. I, I think that when you look at it for two years, where the Knicks are, with what Chris Paul could potentially give you again, and based on the needs of the Knicks, this move potentially makes some sense. Obviously, it's going to make younger players better, hopefully. Chris Paul's going to still give you a solid year, you're hoping, and then it's about what Tibbs puts around him. That's the one other thing that I would I would consider to, to watch out for as well. Remember, Tibbs plays his players extremely hard, Every game. Chris Paul is going to be 36 next year. So you've got to really, really keep that in mind as far as what he's going to look like in a Tibbs system under Tibbs minutes. So that's that's one thing I'd be a little bit concerned about with this move because I just don't know if he could hold up, to be honest with you. Uh, it's one of those things that you got to keep an eye on when making this kind of move now that being said people been you know i'm texting about this with people that i know and knicks fans and and things of that nature almost everybody is saying do this deal now we don't know what's gonna happen you know as far as who the knicks have to give up and things like that but on paper this makes sense and this is a rare (laughs) rare big star trade opportunity where you can say the knicks could maybe come out of here as winners so that's a positive but again it's a rumor and we have to see how it plays out before things move forward. Looking around here at some of the other trade situations. Apparently, according to multiple reports, this is one report from Knicks Fan TV. Take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, apparently, trading Julius Randle as a top priority for the Knicks during the offseason. One potential scenario, according to Knicks Fan TV, is that Julius Randle would be traded to the Jazz and Mike Connolly Jr. and draft consideration would go back to the Knicks. This one, first of all, there's two parts of, the, of this potential news here. Um, the first is that getting rid of Julius Randle is going to be easier said than done. Now, listen, it's a rumor. We don't know if any of this is true. However, I think that Julius Randle 
potentially could be part of this team moving forward. Now, not as a big piece, but as a role player. Now, to be fair, he's very overpaid for that role. So I can see why trading him may make some sense depending on what you get back. However, getting Mike Connolly Jr., 32 years old, 13th NBA season is done. He's due $34.5 million next season if he opts in. He's probably going to do that, I would say. But next year's the last year of his contract. So he could easily walk away if you don't re-sign him. To probably would have to be a big deal. The, one of the reasons that this is probably going to happen, or potentially, not maybe not to the Knicks, but a trade for Conley could happen, is Donovan Mitchell is expected to get a huge five-year max deal. And they want to lock him up. And on top of that, they're trying to bring back Rudy Gobert on a restructured deal potentially as well, according to reports. So, the Jazz might think, all right, let's get rid of Mike Connolly Jr., who's a little bit of an aging guard, and bring in somebody like Julius Randle, different position, but he's younger and could be a part of this team moving forward as a role player, not as a top dog like he was with the Knicks. This past season, a guy that was had to be an alpha moving forward. Julius Randle, I believe, is only going to make around $19 million next year. So for the Jazz, you're also saving some money and you're getting a little bit younger if you do this deal. Here's the issue. I, certainly between these two, I would go Paul well ahead of Connolly. I think this second deal is a little bit more of a risk because you are really hoping that Mike Connolly Jr. kills it next year, and that's not a guarantee. There's more upside for at least the next year if you do the Chris Paul deal than there is with Mike Connolly Jr. I think we can all agree on that, despite the three-year age difference. Obviously, the money is more favorable toward the Connolly deal, slightly, for the Knicks. You're also offloading Julius Randle. By the way, you could offload Julius Randle in the Thunder deal. I'm just you know, that's not off the table. But that's a different situation. You'd be again, it's two teams in the West that are willing to try to get better. So you you're potentially getting something back here one way or another. But I think the Chris Paul deal makes a ton more sense than the Mike Connolly Jr. deal. Both are risky. Both are aging point guards, but one has 10 times more upside than the other. And I think that that's the Chris Paul deal. Maybe it's a little harsh on Mike Connolly Jr., but I, I think Mike Connolly, I, t- I would take Chris Paul at 36 than I would take Mike Connolly at 33. I think that's where I come back to. You know what I mean? Chris Paul's been an alpha dog. He's been the mentor. He's done this role before. Mike Connolly Jr., as good of a player as he is, would be going into an unfamiliar role on a bad team that's still trying to learn how to win, that's still trying to kind of figure out how to put a team together. I don't love that like I would seeing Chris Paul, who just picked up a dumpster fire in in the Thunder and took them to the NBA playoffs and almost took them to the second round. That makes a little bit more sense to me than saying Mike Connolly Jr. is going to join our team and here we go. We're going to roll the ball out, baby, and see what happens. I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan, if I'm being honest. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. 
Um, it's it's I think it's a lot riskier than bringing in Chris Paul. You know, all things even, I think I would take the Chris Paul rumor to happen over the Mike Connolly Jr. rumor. Uh, pretty much in all scenarios, I just think it makes the Knicks a better team for the short term. Could make them a better team for the long term with that culture impact that Chris Paul is hoping. To, you know, the Knicks are hoping that Chris Paul could, would bring in a potential trade right there. So it's up in the air. You know, Mike Connolly Jr. again, a veteran, a guy that leads. I think more by example than by verbal. Not a bad thing. I just think that. There's going to be so much weight on his shoulders. And Chris Paul has shown at, at, at in his mid-30s that that's fine. He can handle that. Mike Conley Jr. is going to be in unfamiliar territory. And I don't think the Knicks would be a place for him to be in that unfamiliar territory. I think that could really put a lot of un, unwarranted pressure on him to do the job. I, I think that could actually set the Knicks back a little bit. Doing a Mike Conley Jr. deal. I think because of what they, I mean, again, you give up Julius Randle in this rumor scenario, which honestly is not the worst thing. Again, for the Knicks, you have to take out a little bit more money, but you've got some cap space to do it. To be fair, the Knicks are going to have to hit somewhere with this cap space well, regardless. And I honestly, here's the other thing, right? Knicks are linked to Fred Van Fleet and some other free agents. Getting Chris Paul makes it a lot more of an interesting destination for a, Ved, a Fred Van Fleet than Mike Connolly Jr. does. You get Chris Paul, you're making a statement. You get Mike Connolly, I don't think Fred Van Fleet picks up the phone or his agent picks up the phone. It's a totally different scenario if you get Chris Paul on your team. It's a big deal and could attract other free agents potentially during the offseason. So that's where I kind of fall on that. Before we take a break... Just a couple of weird little jabs that I'm sure you guys have seen. Uh, one from Kevin Durant, who said he didn't want to be the savior of the Knicks in last year's free agency. I guess he's got nothing to do. He was on the uh, on the Old Man and the Three podcast. Is that what he told? This is this is I guess JJ Reddick's podcast. I didn't realize that was the name of. J- I thought JJ Reddick's podcast was just the JJ Reddick podcast. Uh, is, is is there a name for it now? Is that is that what we're doing? It's now the old man and the three. I guess he's or maybe he's moving out. Maybe moved out from the ringer. I haven't kept up uh, to be honest. There's been some good guests. So uh, I, listen, I love the J, I love the JJ Reddick podcast. So I'm guessing this is a a new thing that he's doing. Um, maybe separate from the ringer, uh, or instead of the ringer. I'm not sure. Uh, regardless, he went and said, I didn't want to be the savior of the Knicks in New York. This is Durant talking. I didn't care about being the king of New York. That never really moved me. I didn't care about being on Broadway. I just wanted to play ball and go to the crib and chill. That's what Brooklyn embodied. Um, okay. He added, there's no show when you come to our games. Durant added, no Madison Square Mecca, all that bleep. We just gonna hoop and build something new in Brooklyn. Listen, I'm a Knicks fan. I love the Knicks. Um that that's a weak answer in my opinion. I think that tells you a lot about Kevin Durant. I I either tells you a lot about Kevin Durant or they really just want to be at peace with this decision because right now it's not looking too good right now for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Kyrie's acting up. 
They got swept out of the first round without Kevin Durant. They did nothing without him. The role players have been relatively mediocre at times. They had to fire Kenny Atkinson, who was the reason he came in the first place. And you bring in Steve Nash, who's never coached. So I don't know if this is Kevin Durant saying publicly like, hey, I, hey, just remember, I made the right decision to go to Brooklyn. Just throwing, hey, remember me? I've been hurt, but remember, I made the right decision. Or he's just he just doesn't want pressure on him. He just can't handle having pressure on him and would just rather take the easy way out, go to Brooklyn, play ball, and not shoot for the stars. I, I don't know. Maybe that's harsh. I, I, I honestly, like, that's the, that it's one of those two things. It's one of those two things. And, and if Kevin Durant hears anything like what I'm saying, or he's going to rip you apart on social media because he's got a thin skin. So I, I, I don't know. It's a weird, weird situation. By the way, Kylo Quinn, former Nick, current Sixer, came out, said the Knicks don't get enough respect, deserve more respect in the free agency market from big players um, moving forward. Rare opportunity where Kyle Quinn, who's on the SNY, SNY's The Putback with Ian Begley, another another podcast, I believe. Um, <laughs> um, listen, you know, it's great that he's backing up the Knicks a little bit. Rarely players do that nowadays, so it's nice that a former Nick actually came out and, and backed the franchise because that kind of gives the Knicks a little bit of help. Um, as far as street cred in the NBA, just two just weird jabs, two just weird things, um, but worth bringing up because this is a Knicks show, and you guys, I'm sure some of you do care about these rumors, and certainly about some of the jabbing back and forth when it involves the New York Knicks franchise. Okay, we'll take a break here. On the other side, NBA playoff talk, and some of the comings and goings inside the NBA bubble. Coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Second half of the show, here we go. We're rocking and we're rolling into the NBA playoff talk here. Let's start with some of the news before we dive into the games. By the way, games have continued to be fantastic inside the bubble. The last couple of nights have been epic, I have to say. Uh, Going into tonight, and we record on the Thursdays, going into the Fridays for your show um, it's going to be the Rockets and it's going to be the Lakers big game four. Lakers lead two games to one. You'll know where it stands going into game five when the podcast goes out and then day of the podcast goes out game five Clippers Nuggets Clippers lead three games to one and then at 9 p.m. a huge game seven in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference Raptors Celtics winner goes to the Eastern Conference finals 
and the loser goes home. So I'm very excited for that after their crazy double overtime game six, which we'll get to in a second, they will play out a game seven. So very, very good stuff upcoming. Real quick, uh, let's go through some of the quick headlines. We finished the first segment with Kyle O'Quinn. We'll start the second uh, one with Kyle O'Quinn as well. Um, It really comes down to stuff that's interesting during this time that helps during the pandemic. One of the one of my favorite things that was interesting during this pandemic has been Matisse Thibel's vlogs inside the NBA bubble. It's been really really fun to see him do his thing and Kylo Quinn came out and had a comment on Matisse Thibel's situation with his vlogging. He said, "Quote, we knew he was a camera guy. He's a rookie, of course." Uh, He took pictures, me and him had plenty of conversations, pictures, cameras, equipment and stuff. He has some really good stuff up to the level of the social media team. To see him with a camera wasn't too far-fetched. The first first day we got back, he had his camera off the whole time. And you got to think, guys have been sitting at home for three months. You wouldn't mind a little camera on you here and there. Talking a little crap with your fellas on the plane, we kind of got used to it. And you see people in the bubble kind of gravitating to him with the camera. Russell Westbrook comes over, Thibel has the camera out, and Westbrook goes, what's up? No, I don't care you have the camera rolling, and then we just do our thing. I love that stuff, and if you haven't seen it yet, go to Matisse Thibel's YouTube channel. It's a nine-part YouTube video series called Welcome to the Bubble. Obviously, the Sixers are out, so the series is over, but you should still subscribe because Matisse Thibel is still doing his thing when he gets back. Uh, to, I guess, vlogging and doing other stuff in Philly. He got some national attention for this. I'm not saying it because I know him. I'm just saying it because it's really bleeping good. And I think even though many that listen to this show are Knicks fans, everyone here is still an NBA fan. And despite it being a Rivals rookie that's put this together, it's really good. So I suggest you go take a look at it. It's a lot of fun. It's really impactful in some moments as well. With the social justice movement that continues in this country, I think there's some good stuff in there in a couple of the episodes. And then it's just a lot of fun as well. And you get to see what the guys are up to throughout their time in the bubble. Some of you have probably seen it because it has blown up a little bit. If you haven't, definitely take a look at it on YouTube. Again, Matisse Thibel's YouTube channel. I've subscribed to it because I want to see what he does next. I find it very fascinating what he's doing. And uh, I definitely want to see what he's got up his sleeve for the future so again check it out and uh obviously kylo quinn's cool with it so you should be cool with it as well it's pretty cool so take a look at that and if you want let me know what you think of it in the comments below a couple of me nba rumors um one is more of a rumor than the other one we'll get to the second one in a second which is pretty crazy stuff coming out of the bubble first one reportedly according to multiple sources including the athletics shams charania Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the of the Bucks, is safe after the Bucks lost in five games to the Miami Heat and got knocked out in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Very interesting stuff, uh, no question about it. Obviously, with the way they finished the regular season with the best record in the NBA, um, could never get it going really in the bubble. Lost four games to one to. The Heat could have easily gotten swept, by the way. Um, Crazy series. There were a couple of really crazy games. 
Uh, but for the time being, it's going to be Mike Boonholzer who stays as the head coach of the Bucks moving forward. Uh, apparently, Giannis Antetokounmpo was asked if he would request a trade from the franchise this offseason after they lost in the NBA playoffs. He said, quote, it's not happening. That's not happening. He told Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes. Um, he added, uh, some see a wall and go in another direction. I plow through it. We just have to get better as a team individually and get right back at it next season. Interesting stuff from not only uh, Shams, but also from Giannis Antetokounmpo on the future of the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks got a little a, a little exposed in the bubble. And the reason I'm saying a little bit exposed, because I think the rest of it was just the situation. I really do. The Bucks were rolling at the end of the regular season. They looked like clearly the best team in the East. No question about it. To be fair, they struggled a little bit with the Heat in the regular season, but the regular season's a different thing. Regardless, the Heat got the job done in Orlando, and they await the winner of Game 7 between the Raptors and the Celtics, and the winner of that series is going to go to the NBA Finals. So, good on the Heat. Eric Spolster, I think, outcoached Mike Boonholzer in the series. I think that's not really up for debate. It really just came down to defense for Miami, and I think their size really made it tough on Giannis for a good portion of of that second round series. So I think, again, the coaching staff for Miami deserves a ton of credit. I think Jimmy Butler deserves a lot of credit. And again, the role players like Bam Adebayo, who's not really a role player, but you know what I mean? The secondary options besides Jimmy Butler. When you look at Bam, you look at Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek. Um, It's a really good team. No question about it. Andre Iguodala as well. So it's a really strong team that's going to give the Raptors or the Celtics a really tough fight in the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals. So very interested to see what happens there. And obviously on the other side of things, the Clippers are 3-1 up on the Nuggets and the Lakers are 2-1 up on the Rockets with a big game four coming up when you guys get this podcast out. You guys will know, uh, you guys will be going into that game or you'll know what's going on going into obviously game five of that western conference semifinals speaking of the rockets we've got a crazy story at the end of this show obviously we'll get to okay we'll get to a couple more of the games and where everything stands in a second but what the heck's going on with dan wellhouse jr holy smokes oh my goodness um according to uh i believe Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, the Rockets uh, forward, Daniel House Jr., is under investigation by the NBA for committing an infraction in the bubble. Allegedly, uh, Daniel House Jr. allowed a woman who was COVID-19 testing in in the complex into his hotel room. So this is a woman that works at the... Orlando Resorts in Disney's uh, Wild World of Sports Complex, and she has been administering COVID-19 testing down there. And apparently, Daniel House Jr. snuck her into his hotel room. And now, he could be out for the rest of the Western Conference semifinals. I mean, it's unbelievable. If he's found guilty, House Jr. has to quarantine for a minimum of 10 days 
And if that stands, and if he's guilty, he's missing the rest of this series, regardless of how long it goes. So this is a big deal for the Houston Rockets. House Jr. is a good shooter. He's part of the system that Mike D'Antoni has in place. And without him, the Rockets are in some trouble because Tyson Chandler, because House was a late scratch uh, for Houston's Game 3 for personal reasons, Tyson Chandler also missed Game 3. So the Rockets are starting to get a little thin with their very thin front court here. And it could be a big time opportunity for the Lakers to just absolutely shove it down their throats for the rest of this series. And that's not a good thing for the Houston Rockets. I'm not sure they can do what they did in game one and just shoot their way out of it. I just don't think they can do that three more times. It's not looking good right now for the Houston Rockets. Here is uh, what the Athletic had to say, Shams and Sam Amick from the Athletic. The detailed account goes like this. A woman entered the Rockets team hotel on Monday night, passing multiple security checkpoints before being flagged for entry, sources said. She exited the hotel in the early hours of Tuesday morning, and the league cited early data points that implicated two members of the Rockets, House and Tyson Chandler, according to sources. When the woman was questioned by NBA security, she did not implicate House's name, and it is not uncertain whether she remains on campus. I'm sorry, it is uncertain. It is uncertain whether or not she remains on campus. They don't know if she left the facility or not. According to sources, she claimed to have contact with Chandler and another player, not named House, according to sources. And the Rockets' entire team had to enter a quarantine period on Tuesday due to the potential exposure. Those sources said there appears to be no video connecting House and the woman, only the flagging of her entering and leaving the hotel and the possibility of a door opening and closing to match those timelines. The NBA has informed involved parties that it is circumstantial evidence implicating House. So to be fair to House, they don't have him red-handed here. This is circumstantial evidence. House reportedly, quote-unquote, vehemently denies the accusations with the, team, with the testing official to the league, although Tyson Chandler doesn't look great in this situation, apparently either. The Rockets support House and has been quarantined throughout the whole process. Um, according to the Athletic, by the way, the woman is not believed to be an NBA employee. Game four, House is listed as out on the injury report. Chandler's not listed at all, and the NBA's investigation has cleared Chandler and is focusing primarily on House. So, despite how bad Tyson Chandler looked, at least I thought here, he's been deemed to be innocent in this situation and now they're looking into how house could have may have or may not have been involved in letting this woman in to the team hotel um one last thing here because i do want to talk a little bit about that crazy double overtime game before we get out of here as well mike d'antoni said uh Actually, before that, one, one one quick thing from the Athletic quote: "This is done out of precaution to making sure the NBA's campus standards are, are upheld." So that this is, you know, again, they're checking to make sure everything's fine. Mike D'Antoni commented on the situation, said, "Quote: I don't know. The investigation is going on, so when they come out with their ruling or whatever, then we'll just go from there. It's never a good time like an injury, but it's something that you know the whole COVID thing is different." So you just deal with it. We got enough. We just go forward. We concentrate on what we got and try to get the job done. 
Very PR answer. Fair enough to D'Antoni. What is going on here? This is honestly potentially insane or potentially nothing. I mean, honestly, despite what they have on Tyson Chandler, he's been exonerated for this. Again, not... It's a big deal because they're in, they're in a bubble and these are protocols you're supposed to be following. Nobody did anything crazy, it seems like. But again, you got to follow the protocols because, again, we... Just because this woman is a testing technician, apparently, doesn't mean it's a good thing that you just let her into your hotel room or into the building, if that's what House or Chandler did. Chandler's been exonerated. It's on House. To be honest with you, when you really look into the evidence against House, there's not a ton there. It's very circumstantial, I would argue. But you never know. So it's it's one of those things where the NBA's got to be very due diligent here. They've got to make sure they cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure this is legit before they let House go back in and play. The good news is he's already started his quarantine. So hopefully, if this gets done quickly, maybe, just maybe, House is innocent. Or I should say, if he's innocent, maybe, just maybe, he gets back into this series, really, is what the Rockets are hoping for. At this point, just a wild sequence of events and what's otherwise been a very quiet and successful NBA bubble, even since the family and friends have come in to the bubble as well. I've seen some great shots of uh, Fred Van Vliet's family during this entire NBA playoff since they've come into the bubble. So overall, it's been good. It's just one of those things where this is something that the NBA has got to take seriously because it could impact the rest of the bubble, obviously, if this is true and if Daniel House Jr. was involved. So, interesting stuff there. No question about it. Before we get out of here, what a couple of days of basketball it's been. We had some crazy games last week. Um, We had some even, uh, not better maybe, but another good stretch of games over the last couple of days. Obviously, a crazy game three between the Clippers and the Nuggets that saw Kawhi Leonard uh, block Somebody, uh, I think it was it Jokic. I'm not sure with his middle finger. Uh, very impressive there. Bucks got closed out 103-94 by the Heat. Another great, great defensive game from the Bucks. I'm sorry, from the Heat to hold the Bucks under 100 points. And after the Rockets kind of smoked the Lakers in Game One, since then the Lakers have kind of figured the Rockets out, and it's been two relatively easy wins in Games Two and Game Three. We'll see what happens in Game Four. You guys know the results. By the end, but Wednesday night stole the show with that first game of that double dip on ESPN. Game six between the Raptors and the Celtics lived up to the hype. The game ends up going double overtime. Celtics had a double digit lead in the third quarter. Raptors came back, took the lead, and then it was just back and forth from the end of the third quarter till the end of the game. Big shots on both sides being hit. It was really Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and OG Ananobi for the Raptors. It was Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and a little dash of Kemba Walker at the end for the Celtics. Everyone was taking turns hitting big shots, making big plays, big defensive stops, big and ones, huge jumpers. Uh, Guys are playing 50 minutes. It was off the charts. It was incredible game. Crazy twists and turns throughout. Looked at one point, the Celtics had it wrapped up in the first overtime. Raptors came back, tied it again. They went to a second overtime. Raptors took the lead. Celtics came back. Then it was back and forth 
till the very end, and a big OG and an OBN won, followed by a big jumper from Fred Van Fleet, followed by a huge, huge step back two pointer from Kyle Lowry, sealed the deal, and the Raptors are back in the series. They have forced a game seven. They were two nothing down in this series. They could have been three nothing down if OG and Obi hadn't buried a triple at the buzzer to win it in game three. Then the Raptors made it 2-2. The Celtics blasted them in game five. The Raptors win it in double overtime, 125-122 in game six, setting up an epic game seven. It's going to be very, very good. No question about it. That game, by the way, is on Friday night. So you guys will have the podcast done. You guys will have the podcast listened to. And then, and then, you can go watch Game 7. So a lot of good stuff going on right now in the NBA playoffs. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. Hope you're staying well out there, staying safe, and trying to have some fun, if you can, at the moment as well. Everyone that's working out there, stay safe. And even while you're having fun, please stay safe. Please follow the protocols. Please social distance. And please, if you're going to a public place, go with people that you either know are negatively tested or that you're living with. Try to stay with people that you know are healthy so you don't spread the coronavirus. And stay safe out there until next week. Thanks, as always, for listening. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.